Today on the Lockdown Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues season is officially over as they lost their final game against the Dallas Stars in a very boring 1-0 shutout loss. Last Thursday, the NHL playoffs start tonight. Doug Armstrong gave a fiery press conference with many, many, many important quotes regarding next season, the captain, the young players, the defense, all of that stuff, and more will be talked about on today's edition of the Lockdown Blues podcast. Should be a fun episode. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the most disappointing season in recent St. Louis Blues history has officially drawn to a close. The Blues went out and played against the Dallas Stars in Dallas last Thursday night with a chance to stamp their season with a W and give the fans something to be happy about heading into the offseason. That wasn't the case. We got uh, an uninspired, low-effort game from both teams. That ended in a one nothing shutout victory for the Dallas Stars. Sort of a perfect way for the Blues to close out their season in terms of the way that it's gone and just failed expectations. Um, normally, I would you know recap the game in the first segment, but I'm not going to waste your time doing that. Um, I don't think there's enough that happened in that game to get a, a full six-minute segment out of it, so just not even going to bother. Um, I'm going to more so use the first segment of today's episode to sort of just Give my quick thoughts on this on the season as a whole. Obviously, moving forward, there's gonna be a lot of like player breakdowns, player grades, team grades, uh, what went right, what went wrong, etc. This is sort of more just my my initial thoughts. Um, and then in the second and third segment, I'm gonna be reacting to the news that the Blues uh, have fired both of their assistant coaches in Craig McTavish and Mike Van Ryn. Um, so those guys won't be coming back next season. I'll be talking about that. Plus, Doug Armstrong gave a full lengthy lengthy press conference and there were a bunch of uh notable quotes coming out from that about you know who he kind of blames for the struggles this season um and sort of his approach to next season as well and you know years down the road um and then you know moving forward this week i'm going to get more into individual player stuff and also you know playoff predictions i'm going to be a little bit behind because the playoffs do start tonight uh, but i'm going to give those predictions possibly tomorrow um obviously some games will be in the uh, will be finished before then. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I want to talk about the blue season because it's over. Uh, <laughs> thank God. Right. This, this one was painful. Uh, man, it, it just, it, it, it really, it was a really frustrating season. Um, obviously they started out weirdly with, you know, losing streaks and winning streaks and, and losing a ton in a row and winning a ton in a row and losing a bunch in a row. And, you know, that first few weeks of the season was interesting, to say the least. Um, the Blues were one of the most inconsistent teams to start a regular season in recent NHL history. Uh, they had like a three-game losing streak in there, a eight-game winning streak, an eight-game losing streak. It was, it was really hard to pin down what the Blues were going to be this season uh, in the first few weeks. Um, but, you know, as the season went on, we got a more clear idea that this was a team that was just underperforming. Uh, 
you know, whether it was the the offense going quiet for for you know a week straight, whether it was the defense just falling apart, you know, for extended periods of time. The goaltending was questionable at times, but one of the more consistent aspects, the penalty kill and power play just absolutely disappeared for stretches here and there. As you've heard me talk about, the shot generation on offense was abysmal for large stretches of the season. Um, but the most frustrating part for me, uh, and probably for a lot of fans, is the fact that as soon as the Blues, you know, threw in the towel, um, traded away everybody at the trade deadline, Vladimir Tarasenko, Ryan O'Reilly, Nolachari, Nico Mikula, um, Ivan Barbashev, etc., etc. It felt like as soon as that happened, as soon as, not as soon as that happened, but pretty soon after that happened, pretty soon after their, you know, the focus shifted from, hey, maybe the Blues can push for a playoff spot to, okay, this sucks, but let's keep an eye on that draft lottery. And it felt like the Blues started playing their best hockey of the year once it was too late. And that was really the most frustrating part for me was these last few weeks of hockey were were pretty solid from the Blues, given a few hiccups here and there, but they were winning some good games. They were playing good hockey that got great production out of guys that you wouldn't expect, like Jakob Verana, Kasperi Kapanen, etc. And instead it was like, you know, damn, like, this would have been nice a month or two ago when, you know, you still had a chance to make the playoffs. And now all you're doing is hurting your draft odds. And, you know, not every fan gives a crap about the draft lottery. I understand that. There were probably plenty of fans, especially ones that have season tickets that were thrilled to see the team win some games. But at the end of the day, it's frustrating because it's like, you know, I've been saying it all year and a lot of people have been saying it all year that the Blues were not nearly as bad as their record indicated. You know, obviously they had some legitimate struggles and, maybe not a contender, maybe not a solid playoff team, but it really felt like they were shooting themselves in the foot at a lot of points. And then all of a sudden they start playing good hockey and it's like, yeah, no crap. You know, we, we knew you could do this. Um, and it was just too little too late. You know, it was fun while it lasted, but season's over and we are heading into a interesting off season where Doug Armstrong doesn't have a whole lot he can do money wise, but a lot needs to change, at least in terms of mentality and approach. If the blues want to have a, a success next season, um, and that started with moving on from two of your assistant coaches and Mike Van Ryn and Craig McTavish. So I'm going to be talking about that in the upcoming second segment. But before I do, I want to tell you guys about today's sponsor. And that is today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Now, with a busy lifestyle, you know, whether you're in college or like me, you've recently graduated, you're working a job, it's hard to eat right for every single meal at every single point throughout your day. And a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll throw together a quick breakfast and I'll kind of feel not great the rest of the day. But with AG1, that changes everything. Um, our next partner, Athletic Greens, is a product I use every single day. I started taking AG1 because I needed to treat my body better, but also, you know, have time to keep up with my quick, busy lifestyle. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all very important, all crucial. Um, plus, AG1, lifestyle-friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, AG1 is still for you. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It is the one thing with the best things. Athletic Green uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party 
testing. That being said, check out AG1. You don't want to miss them. Um, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. Head to athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, so pretty soon after the Blues season wrapped up, it was announced that assistant coaches McTavish, Craig McTavish, and Mike Van Ryan will not be returning to the Blues for next season. However, Steve Ott, David Alexander, who's the goaltending coach, video coach Daryl Seward, and video coordinator Elliot Mondu, Mondau, um, will all be returning. So McTavish <clears throat> was a newcomer for the Blues, had just started uh, as an assistant coach this past season. Uh, he was an assistant coach for the Rangers um, and a head coach for the Oilers. Uh, Van Ryn had spent five seasons as an assistant coach, so more of a big change there for the Blues. And <clears throat> to me, that just symbolizes a disconnect maybe between all the coaches and the way that they wanted their players to play, um, but also sort of just a bit of a change for the sake of change, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I think there were a lot. There was a lot wrong with this season, but you know, you look at special teams and you look at you know who's responsible for that. And assistant coaches obviously play a big role. I think in that, um, they lost their power play coach in Jim Montgomery, who went over to the Boston Bruins and had a spectacular year, as we all know. And I think you know the jobs of Van Ryan and McTavish got harder as a result of that. Um, a little bit more of of a tough task, you know. Um, and you know the the play style i think has been shifting for the blues uh moving from a bit of a physical you know hard-nosed style to more of speed and skill and well i don't think craig ruby is a guy that is perfectly suited for that um i think he is doing his best you know we're going to get into that later with some some comments about how the coaches and the players necessarily didn't see eye to eye um but i think this is more of just a shake up you know like i said to change for the sake of change who knows, you bring in some new assistant coaches, you bring in a new voice for these players to hear, and that could be a big thing for them. Um, sometimes, you know, players just get tired of hearing the same voice, telling them the same things day in and day out. And, you know, you might hear me say that and be like, well, then why don't they get rid of Craig Ruby? And I think Craig Ruby's a really good coach and a really good motivator, and I think that's why they want to keep him around. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Craig Ruby gone sooner rather than later if that is the case, if the players just, you know aren't responding to him and his coaching style anymore. That can just happen. You know, he's been with the team for a couple of years now and got a lot of young guys. And as we'll get into later, it seems like the young guys and, and Craig Ruby didn't quite get along super well. Um, but in terms of the assistant coaching, uh, I'm interested to see what the Blues do, who they bring in. I think they should focus a lot on the power play and penalty kill, um, bringing guys that are more specialists in those areas. Uh, but I also would like to see them you know, a couple of years ago, they had like Larry Robinson behind the bench along with Steve Ott. They had a lot of like hard-nosed physical guys. And I think that they should focus on good motivators that can also adapt to the play style. You know, I, I think the, the Blues have shown that they respond well to aggressive coaching styles and coaches that will hold you accountable like Barubi. And, you know, we all saw Barubi and Kairou getting that little, uh, you know, vocal fight a couple weeks or a couple games ago. And Kairou responded by having a really good game next game. So... Whether or not you agree with how the young players handled themselves this season and 
you know, or how Craig Berube handled himself this season. I think it's clear that the players at least respond to, you know, strong motivators, coach that will hold them accountable. And I think that should be a focus for the Blues and Doug Armstrong heading into the offseason to find guys that can get these young players and these veterans on the same page. Because as I'm going to get into later, like I said, there is definitely a disconnect between the approach of the younger players and the veterans. Um, and the Blues and Berube and Armstrong and the assistant coaches all had a tough time um, keeping the young players motivated and keeping them happy. So that's definitely a point of contention, I think, moving forward is something that I definitely want to keep an eye on. Um, I'm going to get into some of these quotes now. I'm going to do some of them in this segment, and then some of them are going to close out in the third and final segment. The first quote that I want to talk about is an interesting one. I want to talk about the captaincy next year. I'm going to stay with, I'm going to hold the young players um, discussion to next season. Uh, but talking about the captaincy and what the Blues want to do, um, <clears throat> uh, there's a couple tweets, a couple quotes from Doug Armstrong. He says, in terms of the captains, it's something I want to deal with Craig Berube on. It's something I thought about when Petrangelo left. What is the role of captain and is the role of captain in sport anymore? I don't know if there is. I think you have a group such a group dynamic and everything these guys deal with. I don't know if you need a C or if you need multiple A's to pull a team together. I also don't think that if you're a leader, you don't need a C. You're going to do that with your actions. So it is a one, is it a one man job anymore? My inner circle is X players and I've got to tap into those guys on what they think we need to do. I've also got to go to my Rolodex of guys that I've had a ton of respect for that are recently retired. Barrett Jackman, David Backus. I haven't decided if the blues will have a captain. But I'm saying there is certainly a possibility there couldn't be. I guarantee we won't be announcing one in the next few months. Interesting stuff there from um, Doug Armstrong basically saying, I don't know if there's anyone on this roster that he trusts giving the C to. Um, And that's interesting. You know, a lot of people, myself included, thought it should be Braden Shen. Um, But... I don't know. I don't know. I think he's sort of saying like he would prefer the group, you know, the team lead by, you know, group mentality and, and, you know, have rather have multiple solid leaders than just one guy. And I don't think it's so much of like, Oh, Braden Shen can't be the captain. I think it's, look, we all know Braden Shen's a leader. Um, he doesn't need a C on his Jersey to, to prove that. And it won't change anything. Uh, but it's certainly interesting. You know, it's, there's not a lot of teams in the NHL. I don't know if there, how many there are, if there are any that don't have a captain appointed. Um, and, you know, I feel like the Blues have gone through some really, really strong captains lately. You know, David Backus was a great leader. Alex Petrangelo was a great leader. And Ryan O'Reilly obviously was a perfect leader. Uh, a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, this just means if Ryan, he's going to try to bring Ryan O'Reilly back and make him captain, which, yeah, that could definitely happen. Um, but still, I don't know. I'm going to definitely take some time to, to, you know, think over that quote. And it would be very, very interesting to see the Blues, you know, with no captain next season, see how they sort of respond to that message of like you know we want you guys to lead as a as a group we want you know these veterans to lead these younger guys but also these younger guys to step up and show that they can be leaders maybe that's sort of like a hey once robert thomas or jordan kairu proves that they have a little bit more maturity then they'll get the, the c i don't know i i genuinely don't know what <laughs> to to make of that doug armstrong quote regarding the captaincy but speaking of quotes that i don't know what to make of there's a lot more juicy details that came out of that press conference. I'm going to be getting into them shortly after one more break. So make sure you don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
All right. So Doug Armstrong gave a nice long press conference and sprinkled throughout. They're a little bit of tidbits basically saying like, hey, yeah, these, these young players, not the biggest fan of how they approach the season. Not sure how to get them motivated, but it's something we're going to focus on next year. And the first quote, honestly, the spiciest quote, in my opinion, um, Armstrong gave the example of a player getting 18 minutes of ice time in a game, but having a strong 18 second shift that makes it on YouTube and gets a million likes and thinks that was a good night. Um, wow. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people kind of glossed over that quote, but um, I, I think it's kind of clear who he's alluding to there. Um, you know, I think that's pointed at the younger guys, the Jordan Kairos of the team, the Robert Thomases of the team. I personally don't fully agree. I don't think highlight culture is as much of a problem in hockey as it is in, say, like NBA, basketball. Um, but I definitely think that there is some some legitimacy to the fact that you have guys like Jordan Kairou out there, you know, with the best skill set on the team, dangling and deking around everybody, but not quite putting in the effort on defense. Not quite, not quite having a complete all around game. But he scored a highlight real goal, so he thinks he played amazing. Um, that's obviously tough for me to speak on or any fan to speak on because we don't know what went on behind the scenes. We don't know, you know, how much truth there is to that. But at the same time, it definitely seems like a shot to the younger players on the team. Um, and the fact that their motivations aren't quite where they should be. Um, basically saying their motivations are to go out there and end up on the Sports Center top 10 rather than put in a complete, you know, 18 minute effort like he said he he thinks that these players are focused on you know putting in one good shift and then taking the rest of the night off maybe i don't know it's 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 a scathing quote um and one that i'm probably going to dig into more on some future episodes but moving on from that there was another one this one's a little bit lengthier so bear with me um there was about 15 minutes a night 66 percent of the year that i loved this is from doug armstrong and that was driving home from the plane or driving home from the arena with a smile on my face, knowing that tomorrow morning I was either going to get a call from an agent who was going to yell at me that his player didn't get enough ice time, or I was going to have a player in my office telling me the coach screwed him. But for that 15 minutes a night, for 66% of the time, it was a great ride home. I didn't have nearly enough good ride home, good rides home, and I want to get back to at least 15 minutes a night next year. It might not come in wins and losses, but there's too many nights I went home feeling like I let our fan base down by not creating a team that was competitive enough, and that's on me. Again, a lot to unpack there. I don't quite understand what he means by the 15 minutes a night thing. Maybe I need to read the quote over again. Um, but I think what he's basically saying is I could care less about the win. Not I couldn't. You know, obviously he cares. But the, the the wins and losses aren't the most important thing to him. The most important thing to him is that he is doing the best by the fans, the players, and the coaches, and that he is putting out a roster that is competing hard every single night and, and living up to the expectations of the fan base and living up to the expectations of themselves and Doug Armstrong and Craig Berube. And he, instead, he, he comes home after a tough loss and is frustrated. And rather than, you know, 
players focusing on what they can do to get better. They're focusing on getting more ice time and, and, you know, or that Craig Ruby didn't deploy them properly. And, and I'm a little worried by that quote. I'm not going to lie. I, I think players are, are going to take exception to the fact that their general manager is kind of subtweeting them in, in these comments, basically saying like, I, don't care how much ice time you're getting you you're getting the amount of ice time that you should be getting for us to win and it's not resulting in wins etc etc i don't know um look it's it's a tough spot for the Armstrong. i think the blues in the past have been a very veteran heavy team and you know this new era of hockey is dominated by young guys but young players are motivated differently than older players. Young players might be motivated by how much ice time they get. Not might be. They're motivated by how much ice time they get, you know, whether or not they're putting up highlights. But I think it's a little bit, you know, unfair to these younger players to assume and sort of allude to they they don't care about winning. They don't care about playing a complete game. They don't care about this. They only care about their personal success, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It's 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 a tough one. Um, I think, I think there's going to be a, a, an interesting dynamic next season. Um, because I already have felt like there's a bit of a, a, a divide between the way that the young players think and the way that the veterans think and the way that the young players and the coaching staff interacts. And Doug Armstrong is basically saying, look, Craig Ruby's not going anywhere. Um, it's up to you guys to figure it out. But also he admits that it's on him. You know, he's, he's admitting that, the way to motivate young players is different than the way that he's used to motivating players in the past. And that it's on him to find a way to, to, to have a balance between how he wants his team to run and how the young players will respond. So I don't know. I think the assistant coach search is going to be pretty, pretty big in that in terms of, you know, motivating players next year, but also conversations with the players and, you know, moving forward, I saw Jordan Cairo had a great, great quote, a great quote, <laughs> a great quote about how he wants to become more of a complete player and focus on, you know, the, the defensive end of the ice as well as the offensive end of the ice. And, you know, obviously actions speak louder than words, but I'm hoping that Armstrong's comments resonate with these younger players and that they take it, you know, not, they don't take it personally. And they understand that if they want to win, they are going to have to, you know, maybe focus a little bit more on being cohesive with the veterans of the team. Uh, it sounds like that was a big problem. The, the, the locker room was lost um, and that the players weren't motivated even in practice, et cetera. There are more quotes I'm going to get into on future episodes because we're already running late on this one. Um, but yeah, it sounds like just there was a major disconnect in the locker room this year between the younger players and the older players slash coaches in terms of motivation and, and desire and et cetera. And once Ryan O'Reilly was traded that everyone kind of just threw in the towel and said, yeah, okay, we're not, we're not solving this issue this year. So hopefully some magic happens over the off season and the ship gets righted because right now it is a tough, tough time for the blues. Um, but could be worse. So that being said, that is all the time I have for you guys today. Um, next episode likely on Wednesday, but a double feature coming up, you know, going to miss Tuesday, but going to stay on top of things, uh, moving forward the rest of this week. Lots to talk about. I didn't even get to like half the quotes I wanted to go over. So that'll be in the next episode. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you follow the show wherever you get your podcast platform or wherever you get your podcast, any podcast platform, you can find Lockdown Blues. You can also follow the show on YouTube, hit subscribe there, hit that notification bell. That way, whenever a new episode goes live, you'll be the first to know. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Lockdown Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.